Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality they make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th Wartime Diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating Wartime Diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. I'll share that um, on Rosh Hashanah, I was pushing my community to stay deeply engaged with Israel while it was in this existential crisis of the protest movement and basically practically a civil war inside. And I use the story from the Talmud about conjoined twins, two heads, one body. And the way that you can tell if it's one or two people is you pour hot water on one head. And if the other head screams, then you'll know if it's one body. And it is a very strange analogy, but I guess there was something that even the ancient rabbis understood, that sometimes when things are going well, you don't feel like you need the other, you can ignore the other, uh, but you're really, the true test is if that other head is crying out in pain, do you really not feel anything? And I guess what we learned is we do. I look in Israel as one before October 7th and one after. The Israel I saw before October 7th was divided. It was to a point where brothers were not talking to each other, sisters were not talking to each other, families were divided. But now what I saw, we are one. We are one big mishpacha, we are one big family. We will be together, we will win this. But I'm also saddened because 
Why do we need such a tragic event to bring us together, to, to make us realize, guys, you know, we have a common enemy and the common enemy doesn't care who you are, what color you are, what gender you are, Khiloni, Dati, Parsi, Bukhari, Ashkenazi, Temani, it doesn't make a difference because whoever hates us, hates us the same. I'm Rabbi Angela Bukdal from Central Synagogue in New York. My name is Rabbi Shlomo Nisanov. I am the founding rabbi of Kihilat Safardim of Ahavat Achim, Bukharan Jewish Center of Kew Garden Hills from Queens, New York. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really that try to capture slivers of life right now. Normally, we bring you local perspectives. Our episode today, however, is a bit different. And in other ways, it isn't different at all. See, the nature of the attacks on October 7th, together with certain subsequent reactions around the world, have blurred the lines between Jews in Israel and Jews in the diaspora. Last week, the UJA Federation of New York brought over a delegation of 28 Jewish leaders, mainly rabbis and educators, on a jam-packed, 48-hour-long whirlwind of a trip to Israel. We sat down with two very different members of the delegation, Reform Rabbi Angela Bukdal and Orthodox Rabbi Shlomo Nisanov, to hear what it feels like to visit Israel in the middle of a war. Ali Muller helped produce this piece. Can you tell me a little bit about this delegation and this mission that you're on? So, UJA Federation made a solidarity mission to show support for our brothers and sisters in Israel. We've met with survivors of October 7th, with families of hostages, with other Israeli rabbis who are caring for their communities. We've seen and been gutted Um, by so many of these devastating stories and also been so inspired by truly like the unbelievable generosity of spirit that we've seen and coordination and organization of Israelis. Um, We went to the Hamal um, in Jerusalem that is like bustling with volunteers and just the energy of people who have such a sense of purpose right now in this moment and have organized on their own. They really did this like from day one. And um, and it's also beautiful to see many different segments of Israeli society together, not just like, you know, Dati and Hiloni and people from different neighborhoods. But, you know, I saw a world-renowned professor Um, in his 70s of Jewish history, sitting next to 28-year-olds doing the same job, basically trying to coordinate rides for people who needed rides or goods that needed to get to... And it didn't matter that he was a world-renowned scholar. He was doing that work sitting at the table. So it's been, um, in some ways, um, cracking open our hearts and breaking us more, and in other ways, deeply healing to just be here. Tell me, what's a, what's a moment, I mean, this has been a very intense uh, two-day trip for you, but what's a moment that's going to stay with you? The greatest moment is when you hear a father and mother talking about not knowing 
what is what's happening with the child. Uh, after this happened on s October 7th, I came home. I, I gave a hug to my kids. I hugged them. I held them as much as I could. Um, the moment to realize that things could change in five, six hours. The world that we thought we were safe, the greatest army, the greatest everything, came to shambles. How could such a thing happen? And uh, that thing was a, a rude awakening for us that we shouldn't take things for granted. Things could change. I feel that Israel will not be the same. We are not the same. I am not the same. I am not the same person before October 7th, and I will not be the same person since, and I don't feel anybody should be. How are you different? It made me realize that no matter how different we are from each other, we are the same. Coming from former Soviet Union, they hated my guts because I was Jew. I mean, like, it didn't matter to them, and, and I'm very proud now more than ever to be part of Am Israel, to be here at this moment, just to listen to people. Uh, I think by us just being here speaks volumes. Action speaks louder than words. Seeing is believing. I think every single one of us who came felt deeply that we needed to be here. And I mean, I think the message that we want to send is that we are one people which I really feel in a deep way. I've never felt as connected to Israel and Israelis as I do right now. And I think that's part of the message that I both feel from Israelis and also want to share back that I think that we, um, we not only share like a, a common text and some, some shared history, but there is some way in which our destiny is inextricably linked with each other's. And I've heard from Israelis more than I've ever heard before. We realize we also need America and American Jews. We understand that we're in this together. Seeing people displaced, going to Yamamelach, meeting the people from Be'eri, how they are eating themselves and saying, why did I survive? And my family member, my neighbor, my didn't survive. When you hear 1,400 people died, 240 people kidnapped. It just sounds like a number. When you sit down next to a person who his family member was killed or to be in a funeral just like we were just we were before and got soaked and to hear a grandmother eulogizing her grandson, it's like it's unheard of. It hurts. I think in the midst of Shiva and a funeral and hostage families stories that were so deep and intense and hard, there were also such moments of, even from them, resilience and light and hope and the kind of goodness that was coming towards them and their own sense of needing to express their gratitude for the strangers who've basically shown up and, you know, been in their situation room and helped them. And so I think that, um, it hasn't been all darkness and grief. It's also it's also been a reminder of some of the most um, beautiful parts of human nature when we are confronted with darkness. I'm a rabbi, so I'm always thinking of how do I understand the meaning of this and how do I tell this story in a sense that helps make sense of something that you actually can't make sense of. Um, 
when we went down to the Dead Sea and we saw the, this like amazing city that's essentially popped up with 15,000 evacuees and we visited the hotel where like Kibbutz Berry is, is located, I was struck by the fact that they said we were getting all the services. We have psychiatrists and we have social workers coming and we have therapists and we have um, shiatsu massage and acupuncture and yoga coming and um, and I was so glad that they had all these needs were being met, but there was not a rabbi to be seen. And not only that, what made me sadder is that it probably would never have occurred to people at Kibbutz Be'eri that they would want a rabbi for their spiritual healing. And I thought to myself, that is such a loss because I feel like the rabbis should be giving that sense of like, this is the narrative. This is how we put this into the context of like our own, our story and um, and where God fits into this, our theology. I don't know why that's that's not a part of the conversation at all. What do you think it will be like for you to go home? Uh, since October 7th, I think we have seen our American Jewish community unified in a way that I haven't seen before around Israel. The other thing that I think American Jews felt that we shared with Israelis, perhaps for the first time in a long time, is feeling targeted as Jews. To see anti-Semitism, people going around showing swastikas in pro-Palestinian demonstrations and saying free Palestine, and to see this anti-Semitism in the academia, you know, it's one thing if you're some ignorant, barbaric idiot you don't know the difference. But to hear this on college campuses, they're supposed to be, you're supposed to get a higher degree. Of course, what's happening in America doesn't approach anything uh, like what just happened on October 7th and the kind of ongoing physical war that Israel is engaged in. Uh, but America is engaged in our own battleground right now. And it's happening certainly on college campuses, but it's also happening in all kinds of arenas um, and, you know, in people's workplaces and even sometimes within families that have different um, faiths that come together or cultures that are coming together. And we don't really have an organized game plan yet. And I think that every one of us are still kind of in shock and disbelief about the kind of virulent anti-Semitism that has been exposed in the wake of October 7th in America. So I think there is a sense of achdut that I've never felt before, not, not just because we're all so in pain, but a real sense that we're in this together and a kind of a raw, uh, pure love that has been exposed. Thank you. 
ברגעים כאלו הניגון עוד נמשך. המילים שלן רחוקות כל כך. כמו הגל שברח מן האופק בים, אל חוף מבטחים שאיננו קיים. עם אחד עם שיר אחד, המנגינה לעולם תישאר. עם אחד עם שיר אחד, נשאיר לכם כי אתם לא לבד. כולנו ביחד למען כולם, בתקווה שנגיע וישמע העולם. עם אחד עם שיר יתגשמו החלומות עם המילים שאמרנו נוכל לשנות ילד כזה שחיכה לתקווה וחיכו של השיר עוד נמצא אהבה אז בוא עכשיו ספר לי את כל המילים וביחד נלך עוד באלפי שבילים אולי נגיע Thank you. 
Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.